Hey guys, we're doing things a little different this week. I am currently doing self-quarantine, isolation, whatever, for 14 days. I wasn't feeling well and don't want to risk it, so we're doing this over Google Hangouts, and I'm the only one that has an actual recording microphone, so please bear with us today. So, yeah, this is Michelle. This is Leah, potato quality. <laughs> this is Brandy. <laughs> we are spooky shit in Tales from the Beyond. All right, so today we are talking about, well, I don't know what Brandy's talking about, but me and Lee are talking about kind of musicians. But I, it's just the topic is celebrity. Yeah, just like fucking famous people doing things and stuff. Getting murdered. <laughs> and dying. Getting murdered and dying. and dying. So I am going to be talking about Sid and Nancy. I'm actually going to specifically focus on Nancy because I empathize with her more, I guess. Sorry, Sid. Nancy Spungen. Didn't look up how to say her last name. So she was born in February of 1958 in Philadelphia. Despite her parents seeming pretty average and being a middle-class family, Nancy had a rough life from a young age. She was pretty smart, though, so she, like, skipped the third grade and graduated high school at 16, but she was super aggressive, like someone I know who was also on this podcast and has hit me multiple times in my life. Brandy. Brandy. What? <laughs> Always I've bullying me. I've only known me. you for, like, not even a year. Yeah, how could you Actually, hear? But it year. feels like forever. So Nancy showed violent behavior towards her younger sister, but I guess got along with her little brother. She once supposedly threatened to kill a babysitter with scissors and tried to beat up her psychiatrist who said that she was just acting out for attention. Leah. <clears throat> one time, I, I think I read that one time she threatened her mom with like a hammer before too when she was little. <clears throat> yeah. I, I didn't do most of the things you're saying. Yeah. FYI, podcast listeners. I... Don't know if this happened for sure if I made this up, but I remember once you banging your head against a glass window downstairs. That happened. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> when Nancy... I'm in therapy, don't worry. If y'all are wondering about my mental state, I'm okay. 20 years later. <laughs> 20 years That's literally what I was going to say. It took a long time, but here I am. Better late than never. When Nancy was only 11 years old, she got expelled from public school after she was absent for more than two weeks. So her parents enrolled her in a special boarding school for children with behavioral issues. So at 14, she ran away from this boarding school and attempted suicide. When she was 15, her psychiatrist diagnosed her with schizophrenia. Despite all of this, she graduated early, as I said, and she was accepted to university. But a few months into going to, going to college, she was arrested for buying weed from an undercover cop. Oh. And later arrested again for storing stolen property in her dorm room. And this led to the university expelling her, and she got banned from the state of Colorado. They just kicked her out? They banned her from the state for life. What a strange thing to Damn, do. Damn, you could do that? Yeah, just for weed and some stolen things. There's, like, murderers in Colorado, and they're like, you know what? You, teenage girl, are banned for life. This, combined with her being fired from her first job on her first day at this new job, led to her deciding to just deal drugs and steal from her family to support herself. When she was 17, she moved to New York City and worked as a stripper and a prostitute. She followed bands. I, I think, bands? I think, make her dance? I think she was like, yeah, bands make her dance. I think she was like a groupie. They were just like, she followed them. And I was like, she just like, I think she was a groupie. She was just trying to like get into like the punk rock scene and stuff. 
I think that was a bigger thing than it is now to be following bands around as they do were. Now she's stalking. Was, yeah, that was very common though back then. <laughs> trying to meet them and stuff. Oh, yeah. And in 1977, she relocated to London to follow, quote, quote, a different band. Um, she ended up meeting the Sex Pistols. And when the lead singer showed no interest in her, she set her sights on Sid Vicious, their bassist, instead. Fun fact, I read that even though he's their bassist, he didn't know how to play the bass when he joined the band. He was just there as, like, their attitude. Oh. Yeah. They hype moved- man. Exactly. Their hype man, if you will. The definition of fake it till you make it, I guess. He didn't have to fake it that long, though, eighth. So... They moved in soon after dating and began what would be a 19-month-long relationship. They both became addicted to heroin. Uh, Nancy particularly had a reputation of being abrasive and a troublemaker. People, I don't know if it was like, I can't remember if it was like paparazzi or media or something. They would call her nauseating Nancy, which is just kind of sad. They didn't like her, so they called her that. And all of the rest of the members of the Sex Pistols didn't like her either. Oh, poor Nancy. They, They were also known... I read, like, it was known that they were, like, abusive, but I, it didn't say who was abusing who or if they were just, like, abusive to each other because they were just, like, aggressive people or something. Maybe to each other. Probably. So, after the Sex Pistols broke up in 1978, Sid and Nancy moved into the Hotel Chelsea in New York City in Room 100, which is haunted, by the way, the hotel is, so we'll probably talk about that another time. Over time, their relationship became more toxic and violent, with them spiraling deeper into... T- with them spiraling deeper into their addictions and Sid allegedly attacking Nancy. So the abuse might have just been him towards her. Mm -hmm. The relationship ended on October 12th, 1978, when Nancy's body was found under the sink in their hotel room bathroom. She had been stabbed once in the stomach and was only 20 years old. Oh my god. I also, like, I've always heard people referencing Sid and Nancy and Sid Vicious and whatever, and I didn't realize how fucking young they are. She was 20 when she died. What about him? Uh, at this time, he was 20 or 21. Damn. But yeah. That night before she died, friends of the couple had been, like, coming in and out of the hotel room. At 2.30, Nancy asked actor and stand-up comedian Rockets Red Glare, quite, quite the name, mm-hmm. who was also sometimes a bodyguard and drug dealer for Sid to purchase sedatives for them. Or maybe just for Sid. Many people witnessed Sid taking large amounts of these drugs, and an author of a book about the hotel wrote that it was far larger than most of us could survive, and certainly enough to put someone in a state of deep unconsciousness for hours. That's a quote directly from them. So, at around 7.30 that morning, guests at the hotel reported hearing the sounds of a woman moaning and groaning coming from their room. At 10 o'clock, Sid claims he woke up, found Nancy, and called the front desk for help. I don't know why he didn't call the police, he called the front desk. So, Sid was immediately arrested and charged with second-degree murder after being found wandering the hotels of the hall. (laughs) Wandering the halls of the hotel. (laughs) The hotels of the hall. (laughs) He gave multiple accounts of what happened, including telling them that he hadn't meant to kill her, saying he couldn't remember, and talking about her falling onto the knife while they were having an argument. They were just, like, arguing you get so mad you just fall onto a knife and die. All the time. I hate that shit. My- my- People's faces always run into my fist. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh my god, it's so embarrassing. And after all, like, that shit, all of us like, oh, this is happening. He was like, actually, I didn't do it. And started to deny his involvement at all. He said that he was way too, like, 
high, I guess. I don't know if it's considered high if you're on sedatives because he was just like passed the fuck out and there's no way he could have done it. But it is reported that he may have owned the type of knife that was used to murder her. But he denied this and pled not guilty and was let out on bail. Hmm. And just a few weeks after her death, Sid attempted to commit suicide two separate times. Both were unsuccessful. Guilty as charged. I was like, both seem like kind of intense things to do. He was arrested again not that long after. Motherfucker. (laughs) It's weirder when it's on video call. It is. It feels, I feel like I'm sounding way too rehearsed right now because I. No, it's good. I know. I just want to sound more casual like I know I'm talking about, but I'm coming off very scripted and I'm. I'm trying not to look at the words too much. So soon after this, he was arrested again for assault because he hit a fellow punk artist's brother in the face with a glass bottle. He was sent to Rikers Island Prison where he was forced to undergo drug withdrawals, which I guess is very violent. Detox? Yeah, he was forced to detox there. Damn. He was eventually released on February 1st, 1979 after being able to make bail. I... I think his like record label raised bail money for him as you do when um someone on your label is a murderer <laughs> that night he and a group of his friends met at his new girlfriend's place side note where did he find a girlfriend if he's been in prison and he was only single for like fucking a few weeks or months before he even went to jail again he got over nancy real fast so i go maybe he was getting fan mail in prison shit maybe probably that's a thing it bitches is. be cray bitches be cray well said, Brandy. <laughs> so yeah, they met at his girlfriend's house to go celebrate his freedom, and he got one of his friends to bring him some heroin. By midnight, he was dead. Oh. He had accidentally overdosed on heroin. And his mom, who, fun fact, was also addicted to heroin, found his body the next morning. Aww. This happened only four months after Nancy's death, and before the murder trial could take place. And he was only 21 years old when he died. Oh my god. They're both so young. It's crazy. That's sad. Yeah, it is. That was not a feel-good story. It's not. It's not even done yet. So, some people think that, or I was reading some of your stories saying that Sid wanted to be buried with Nancy, but she was buried in a Jewish cemetery, so this made, me, made it difficult, because, like, interfaith cemeteries, I guess, are hard. So, his mom asked Nancy's mom if she would be able to spread his ashes on top of Nancy's grave, and the mom was like no are you kidding me (laughs) despite her saying no sid's mom along with some family members and a few friends drove to where nancy was buried and scattered the ashes anyway which is pretty fucked up even though he killed her yeah probably killed her but we'll be getting into theories that people have i personally think he killed her me too it makes sense so after sid's death investigators seemed to completely close the case of nancy's murder and they just considered it closed and they were like, oh, yeah, that, that's it. We don't need to look into anything else. Did they and consider it a murder or accidental or what? They considered a murder for sure. Oh. I think he did it, but still, I also think it's ridiculous if anyone doesn't look into other options anyway. Just to be like, oh, must have been him and he's dead, so we're not going to do anything else to make mm-hmm. sure it was actually him. Here's some theories for you. Sid's mom claims that he and Sid and Nancy had been in a suicide pact together and that Nancy stabbed herself. Mm. First of all, bold take to be like, someone stabbed themselves in the stomach. You have to have so much willpower. Are you fucking kidding? Oh, no. She claimed to find a note after finding Sid's body that said he was living up to his side of the bargain by dying and asking that he be buried next to Nancy. 
Another one of Sid's friends agrees with that and thinks Nancy may have even stabbed herself to get attention and make Sid come and save her. I just feel bad for this girl. She just had like mental illness issues and people didn't like her because they thought she was like abrasive and annoying and loud and proud. Like I guess whenever she first came into their group, she was like, yeah, I'm a prostitute. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) But yeah, they think that she did that to get his attention and get him to save her, but he passed out. Like, because he was so fucking high, so she ended up bleeding out in the bathroom before he waked up. Waked oh up? God. Before he woke up. <laughs> before he waked up. Yes. There are also theories that someone else may have killed Nancy. One suggests a robbery gone wrong, since it's reported that a large sum of money was missing from the room. Not all the money, though. So, kind of an expansion on this, a little bit of a separate one, I guess, is that one of the two drug dealers who had visited the hotel that night may have killed her. Rocket's red glare has been accused of murdering her after bringing the couple drugs. Some think he saw Sid was passed out and went to steal some money when Nancy caught him. And like I said, she was like loud and abrasive and stuff. And you, she'd probably fucking fight someone if they, she saw them stealing her money. So I think she like went to like call him out and it resulted in her getting stabbed. He denied this until his death in 2001, but apparently he would often like confess to his friends that he did it. Some believed him, but others said that he liked to tell fake stories to get attention. Uh, people are so weird. Like, their false confessions, I don't understand. It's so weird. You want attention, so you're like, I murdered this 20-year-old. It's like, what? So, yeah, I think it's either Sid or that guy, because it's, it is really weird that he was doing that shit. That's, like, on the same level of seeking attention that you would do to throw yourself on a knife, like they think Nancy did. I know, they're both they're both really out there. <laughs> but yeah, her murder still is technically involved to this day. Another thing I thought was weird, looking up pictures of the couple, because as I said, she, I don't know if she was like really religious or anything, but she was raised Jewish and was buried in a Jewish cemetery. There's a lot of pictures of them hanging out and he has like a swastika on his shirt. Nice. And I was reading about it, and they're like, well, in the 70s, the swastika was just, like, anti... Or, like, you're just trying to seem, like, cool and stuff, and a lot of punks are actually anti-fascist. But I was like, but this is still, like, 30 years after the Holocaust. Maybe you guys shouldn't have been wearing that. But yeah, please excuse the audio coming up. We know. Just bear with us for this (laughs) and one more episode after this. More potatoes. Yes. They're potatoes. I'm a golden french fry. Michelle is God amongst his peasants. I am. A hero amongst men. <laughs> All right. Who wants to go first? Brandy? Sure. All right. I guess. All right. So I'm going to talk about the death of Brittany Murphy. Oh, I didn't know what you were going to talk about. I'm interested. For those of you who don't know who she was, she was a pretty big deal back in the day, like late 90s, early 2000s some of the big movies you might recognize her in are clueless freeway sin city eight mile where she played with uh, eminem just married with ashton kutcher and one of my favorites uptown girls with dakota fanning that movie's cute yeah oh you guys want to sing random about just married what that movie's the first time i remember thinking that's sex I don't know how old I was, but they were, like, talking about sex a lot, and it was implied. And I, well, I mean, clearly I didn't know what was really happening, but I was like, this is a sex. <laughs> this is a sex. 
That's so, how you knew it. Yeah, so Brittany Murphy will always hold a special place in my heart because of that. All right, that's all I wanted to say. Okay. So first, let me start with a little background. In May two- 2007, Brittany Murphy married British screenwriter Simon Monjack. Okay. I think that's how you say it. Right. Um, and for the last three-ish years of her life, she lived with him and her mom in Los Angeles. I also want to note that before getting married, Brittany lost a lot of weight, which led to some rumors that she was doing cocaine. Ooh. Ooh. Which, of course, she disputed the claim, saying, no, just for the record, I have never tried it in my entire life. You know, as you do. Okay. <laughs> Sketch. <laughs> <laughs> On December 20th, 2009, at approximately 8 a.m., the L.A. Fire Department went to Brittany's home because she apparently collapsed onto the bathroom floor. First responders tried to resuscitate her on scene and ended up transporting her to the hospital where she died at 10.04 a.m. after going into cardiac arrest. She was only 32 years old. Yeah, that's pretty young. That is very young. Shortly after she died, the coroner told the press that it appeared to be natural her like death on her death certificate on her death certificate the cause of death says deferred which means they can't determine the cause of death death in that moment possibly because the coroner is waiting on results on various tests god damn it i can't speak you're struggling but also like how does how does 32 year olds naturally die Right? That's okay. fucking weird. Well, it just gets weirder. Hold on. It wasn't until February 4th, 2010, when the coroner found that the primary cause of death was pneumonia with secondary factors of iron deficiency, amenia, and multiple multiple drug intoxication. Oh, no. So, basically, she had, like, flu-like symptoms and had been taking over-the-counter um, and prescription medications, which I guess was a deadly combination, according oh, to the shit. coroner. Um, some of the drugs in her system were hydrocodone, acetamiphone. I think know. these are like, you know, these long ass. Yeah, if they the longer names. the name, the more dangerous. Right, L <laughs> methamphetamine. Dude, I can't. <laughs> thank, thank you for trying, Brandy. Well, let's post a picture of this on the Instagram. A list of these drugs. It's a lot of drugs. Any doctors or nurses, pharmacists, hit us up with that pronunciation. Right? But yeah, I guess all of these drugs are legal and can be brought over the counter. Oh, if you combine them, they could kill you. I guess. Good to know. In the end, her death was ruled an accident and everyone went on with their lives. That was until five-ish months later when her husband simon monjack died under very similar circumstances <gasps> i forgot he also died yep Fuck. on may 23rd 2010 <laughs> 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 on may 23rd 2010 he was found dead by his mom by her mom in that same house where they all lived together Fuck. so yeah i was literally like just five months after she died or like almost five six months that's scary. Yeah. In July 2010, Ed Winter, the same coroner assigned to Brittany's case, stated virtually the same as he did for her case, which was that they had the same cause of death, which was 
Well, his cause of death was acute pneumonia and severe anemia. Uh, or, I think that the coroner and, killed them both if he's giving them these <laughs> fucking answers. He's like, ah, yes, pneumonia. Pneumonia and anemia. 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 It's like, anemic's like um, blood stuff, right? Like you, you pass out a lot. I don't know much more than that. Right? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. yeah. Anemic means that you do have like a lower blood supply and that it makes you light, it makes you faint easier and everything like yeah. you get like lightheaded. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then the Los Angeles County Department of Health said that the toxin molds in their house could have <gasps> been a possible cause of death, but it was later dismissed by the coroner who said there was no indicators. I don't even know if I believe this coroner, honestly, at this right? point. Sketch. It was after his death that their families became super suspicious. They were like, yo, what do you mean they died of like the same causes? And they're both they're super like... young. Yeah. Well, he was older. I forgot to write how old he was. Damn it. Every time. But I think he 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 was a little old. I, I always forget. It's so important as details. Yeah. <laughs> but he was healthy otherwise. Actually, no. With him, he actually did have like some issues already. Oh well, this is less uh, shocking than I thought. <laughs> well, I mean, it was more shocking for like her, shocking for her. But for him, he did like have medical issues. <laughs> Killed it. Like, even before she died, I think he, like, almost had, like, a heart attack or something. Like, a, some kind of health scare. Oh, shit. But, yeah, her, par- her parents, especially Britney's parents, were, like, super suspicious. Her mom came out and was like, yo, those re- reports of more molds are totally absurd. And she, like, totally were, like, like, there's never been proof that, like, they even want to go test it. Like, we never put, like, a, like a request for them to come oh. test it. Yeah, and her the mom lives there, so she would know if they came by. Right? Well, she actually died two months later. What? No, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm oh joking. my god, Brandy. <laughs> I was like, are you fucking... This coroner is a serial killer. Your, your face is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good, though. Gotta give credit. So, Brittany's dad, Angelo Bertoli. I think that's how you pronounce Very deli. I'll delete that. Yes. Um, He actually took legal actions. On January 11, 2012, he requested that the coroner's office be required to hand over samples of his daughter's hair for independent testing. Wow. But the suit was dismissed eight days later because he failed to attend two separate hearings. Oh, come on, man. Right? Which was really weird to me, like, considering that he seemed to be so suspicious of her death. Yeah. And, like, wanted to find, like, the actual cause. I was like, that's sketch. Like, what if, like, you know, they kept him from going? Yeah. That's scary. Hopefully, or not hopefully, but probably was just, like, maybe he was just really grieving and didn't want to have to go talk about it or something, maybe? Maybe, but this was, like, three years after. You're like, it's just his daughter. Get over it. (laughs) No, I, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. I just had it have been some time. It wasn't like fresh. Yeah, it wasn't that fresh. But in November 2013, almost four years after she passed away, Bertoli claimed that in the toxicology report, it showed that deliberate poisoning by heavy metals, including a, an, uh, 
antimony and barium was a possible cause of death. I don't know what those things mean by her poison. But they're like, I I looked them up and they're actually like metals. Oh, how would that get in her system? Well, because you can like liquefy metals. Oh, that makes sense. But yeah, despite these claims, police have never reopened either case. What? Yep. That's stupid. So, I mean, there are some, like, theories out there that are saying that some people think that she was murdered by Simon and that he felt so guilty, like, he killed himself in the same way. Wow. Um, Or they just think that they knew something, you know, like, you know, those conspiracies, mm-hmm. like, they know something and then they were taken out. Fuck. Um, That's or crazy. Or I guess the other is that the death were actually accidental, but it's, like, just so, like, sketch that it's... they died in yeah the same way really fucking weird coincidence but yeah that's my story on britney murphy and her her mans i totally forgot that her husband also died and then you tricked me with the mom thing and i was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that would have been something (laughs) that reminds me a little bit of my story if it is the suicide thing and like if both of ours were that's weird suicide yeah oh shit it's crazy Alright, shall I? Leah, take off. Nope, take that's over. not a thing people go say. Off, yeah, go off, sis. Alright, here I go. <laughs> so, for my segment, instead of just focusing my attention on a single celebrity, I thought it'd be a lot more entertaining to talk about a few of them. A whole club, you could say. <gasps> oh. Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be an interesting one for like conspiracies, but. Um, I wanted to talk about the 27 Club. The 27 Club, also known as Forever 27, is the unofficial group consisting of numerous influential artists, musicians, and actors, all whose lives ended at the young age of 27. Fuck. Isn't the name Forever 27 sound really fucked up? Because it sounds like a clothing store. It sounds like Forever 21. No, not that, but like a different clothing (laughs) store. (laughs) You're right, you're right. Most of these icons passed away either due to overdose or suicide. However, a few died of accidental deaths, or uh, a couple even died of homicide. Oh, wow. Yeah. If you have ever heard of Forever 27 before, or the 27 Club, chances are you're familiar with Nirvana singer Kurt Cobain's untimely death. Yes. While many people think that Cobain was the first death to establish the 27 Club, that's not really the case. Rather, his death was the catalyst needed to push the public to finally connect the dots that had already existed for over 20 years. Well, Yeah. Ready to get mine fucked? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can't ask me your sister. Are you ready to get your mind fucked? I don't want to get fucked. Brandy, thank you for turning off your mute just to say that. Let me razzle your berries. Leah, I swear Let to God. Between, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Between 1969 and 1971, Brian Jones, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, and Jim Morrison all died at the age of 27. I didn't that's, realize that they were all in that. Yeah, that's four rock legends representing an entire generation all passing away within a three-year time span. Shit. Coincidence or something more sinister? <gasps> I'll leave it up to you. But I'll be talking about only a few members of the club, specifically musicians, but just a casual reminder that the club wasn't just limited to musicians. 
I just find their stories most interesting. Like I said, there's some actors, there's artists, but the main names that people know from it are musicians. So people claim that every individual in the club had at one point signed their soul away to the devil in order to achieve fame and notoriety. Oh my God. The origins of this theory are rooted in the death of master blues artist, Robert Johnson. Have you guys ever heard of Robert Johnson, by the way? Just curious. No. Okay. Well, Johnson was born in the Mississippi Delta region in 1911. So that might be why you don't know him. (laughs) That's like the year of the Titanic, right? Or the year before. Uh, I think of everything in terms of when did the Titanic happen? Okay, probably around that time. Um, And Robert was an aspiring artist who gained only mild attention during his short-lived career. He only had two recording sessions between 1936 and 1937, in which he recorded 29 distinct songs. Whoa, that's a lot. Yeah, so he just, like, jammed it out in two sessions. Uh Uh, Unfortunately for him, his fame came mostly post-mortem, after Mm -hmm. his music was rediscovered in the 60s. So years later, decades later, actually. That sucks. Yeah, so his, his his strange yet entrancing style of singing, guitar playing, later became became known as the Mississippi Delta Blues and influenced many artists since. That actually sounds familiar. Which is um <laughs> some of some of the four artists I mentioned before were like Jimi Hendrix, he was influenced by Robert Johnson. So it's okay. kind of funny. It connects in a way. That is yeah. really weird. Like like you said stuff about Robert Johnson. So legend has it that Johnson wanted to become a famous blues musician so badly that one night he took the guitar to the crossroads near Dockery Plantation at midnight, where he was met by the devil. The devil took his guitar, tuned it, then played him a few songs before returning it to him. The deal that Johnson now had total mastery over the instrument meant that the devil now had his soul. Fuck, no. And also, by the way, in all of Johnson's, pretty much all of Johnson's songs, he's singing about the devil. He has a song called Crossroads, where he literally directly references it. Oh, so this actually sounds pretty legit. Uh, yeah, not to mention that Robert Johnson, there had been times where he went to try to perform and people kind of like booed him off the stage, stage in a way. And he came back a year later with this like un, unproductive, what's the word? With this, okay, with this amazing talent. And everyone was like, how is that the same guy? Like a year later. And mm-hmm. supposedly it's because he sold his soul to the devil to gain really good talent can't really i just don't yes you do yeah after watching supernatural and everyone sells their soul to the devil and 10 years later they get dragged to hell i'm like is it ever worth it it's never worth it it is rumored that johnson was murdered by the jealous husband of a woman with whom he had flirted with at a bar okay he flirted with him so he murdered the guy jealous guys right jesus so the husband had offered him a bottle of whiskey, which was poisoned, and Johnson, never one to decline a drink, willingly accepted. He drank it, and he died three days later. So, Aww. kind of a slow death, yeah. That's sad. And like I said, he never got to experience true fame in his lifetime. It was mostly in the 60s when his music got rediscovered. I hate that shit. I always think, what if I, I know. what if I died and you guys made an episode of the podcast telling people how I died and then we become famous and I'd be like in hell, like fuck you guys. <laughs> Damn. In hell. Yeah, I was like, I won't say heaven just in case. So the deaths of Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones, Jenny Hendrix, Janis Joplin, and Jim Morrison of the Doors were all incredibly detrimental to the public's morale in the early 1970s. 
I can't necessarily outright blame the curse of the 27 Club for these deaths. It'd be unfair if I didn't talk about the lifestyles these four icons lived. Mm-hmm. Remember, they're rock stars in the 60s, and they all partied exactly like they were. Yeah, as I was just saying in my story, heroin and shit. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so all of them struggled either with alcohol or drug abuse problems, or both. Oh no. Brian Jones was found dead at the bottom of his swimming pool, having drowned while under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Oh my god, how high do you have to be to where you Mm -hmm. fucking drown in a pool? Isn't that crazy? That's scary. And Jimi Hendrix ended up choking to death on his own vomit after mixing alcohol and sleeping pills. Oh my god. Uh, PSA, Um, never mix pills with alcohol. Ever, 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 ever. 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 You'll die. But, um... Also, side note, Jimi Hendrix, the drugs that he would usually take, he was more into, like, LSD. Mm -hmm. So, mostly, like, alcohol and LSD. Maybe he dabbled in other drugs sometimes, but that's that's the main thing he would do. Janis Joplin, however, overdosed on heroin mixed with alcohol. Fuck. And Jim Morrison died of heart failure also due to a heroin overdose. Jesus. What What was it with people and heroin? I guess people still do heroin now. PSA, don't do heroin. Yes. It's hard to say if these musicians sold their soul to the devil for fame or simply became engulfed in their own deadly lifestyles. Yeah. Maybe that yeah. one. I know. <laughs> it's crazy just four icons like that within three years, but it really does like show something like drugs kill, drugs and alcohol kill. Be safe. Be safe. Okay. Be safe, everyone. Don't do drugs. Yes. Just smoke weed. That's legal. And it mm-hmm. won't kill you. Yes. As stated earlier, Kurt Cobain's death in 1994 is what led rock fans to finally understand the pattern that a number of famous artists were coincidentally passing away at the age of 27. Years prior to his death, Cobain had been struggling with a heroin addiction and chronic depression, two very horrible things to battle, Mm -hmm. especially together. Mm -hmm. He struggled to handle the pressures of his marriage, then at the time with Courtney Love, and his fame being in the band Nirvana which led him to attempt suicide for the first time by overdosing on champagne and Rufinol on March 3rd, 1994. Oh. Um, his wife, Courtney Love, awoke to find him unconscious and phoned 911 to save Cobain. They were, able to res- they were able to resuscitate him, and five days later, he was released from the hospital. Just three days after that, Love called the police informing them that Cobain was suicidal and had locked himself in a room with a gun. Mm. Police arrived and confiscated several guns, Oh, gums. <laughs> Police arrived and confiscated several guns and a bottle of pills from Cobain, who insisted that he was not suicidal and had locked himself in the room to hide from Courtney. Hmm. Which I don't believe. Mm-mm. After his wife and close friends attempted an intervention regarding his drug use, which led to him re- reluctantly agreeing to undergo a detox program at an L.A. recovery s- center. Cobain was able to escape the center, which he had joked about the night before. About he's like, it'd be it'd be super super crazy that I escaped, huh? I would never do that. And then he literally escaped <laughs> and jumped the fence. Um, and then after he jumped the fence, he headed to LAX, Los Angeles Airport. For those of you who don't know, and he flew to Seattle. Hmm. Uh, he had a home in Seattle, by the way. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, what's in Seattle? Yeah. So he was, apparently he was, like, walking around the streets just doing a bunch of random things in Seattle um, for a couple days. But then on April 8th, 
1994, Cobain was found dead at his home in Seattle at the age of 27. Hmm. I think he was found by like a security attendant who had seen him. Um, Police concluded he had actually died three days prior on April 5th from a self-inflicted shotgun wound to his head. Fuck. Yeah. He left a note addressed to his childhood imaginary friend, Boda, that stated that he had not, quote, felt the excitement of listening to as well as creating music along with really writing for too many years now. Hmm. After his death, his mother famously said, quote, now he's gone and joined that stupid club. I told him not to join that stupid club. Aww. The 27 club. Yeah. yeah, I know. So with that, so after his mom had said that, some people started to speculate that Cobain was well aware of the 27 curse and committed suicide to align with it, to join the club of the famous. Yeah, I was going to say, he probably was already depressed anyway, and he's like, might as well go out in a memorable way. Yeah, I mean, he com- he tried to commit suicide three times. I mean, one time was successful at the end, but three times when he was 27, so he might have just been trying to join the club. Like, yeah, that was like his get goal. fame from that Loki, maybe. Oh, I don't think it was fame. Not like wanted. fame, I- but he would be known forever because of that. Oh, yeah, I think you wanted to join the club and have that, you know, infinitely. Uh-huh. I think I saw part of a picture of that before. I looked at it for a second and scrolled away, and if I really did, it's fucking awful. Of what? Him? Dead? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if it really was, if it was fake or what it was, but whatever I saw was awful. <laughs> uh, Hopefully not, but yeah, I'm going to not Google that because I don't want to know. Yeah, don't. <sighs> okay. Damn. Lastly, I want to talk about the untimely death of singer Amy Winehouse. My girl. Her death in 2011 prompted a renewed media interest into the 27 Club. Ironically, three years before her death, Winehouse had expressed a fear of dying at 27, specifically because of the 27 curse. That's sad. Um, I know. She was never one to deny her mental health status, drug abuse, and alcohol problems. One of her most famous songs, Rehab, is literally a response to her management's team's suggestion that she seek help for her alcohol dependency. She said, no, no, no. Yes. They're trying to make me... And I quote, they're trying to make me go to rehab, but I said, take it off the show. No, no, no. Exactly. Sound just like her. Yes. (laughs) On July 23rd, 2011, Winehouse was found unresponsive by her bodyguard in her London home. Side note, he saw her unresponsive um, earlier in the morning or it was at night. He saw her a few hours prior and he's like, oh, she's just passed out from like alcohol. Because I guess that was a common thing for him to see. He checked on her a few hours later. Same position, still unresponsive. And that's when he called the police. Another PSA, if your friends or someone are passed out... Because they're so drunk, not like sleeping, but actually passed out. Mm-hmm. They probably, what's it called? Have alcohol poisoning. Yeah, so in fact, she had died of alcohol poisoning. Um, and at the time of her death, her blood alcohol content was 0.41%. And that's five times the legal drink drive limit. Shit. Five times. Oh, Damn. no. I know. So... In conclusion, while it may seem like there is a spike in deaths for famous people at the age 27, I'm going to get into the boring evidence part now. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, it's actually not the devil. (laughs) Y'all, yeah, sorry. Y'all ready for the stats? So the evidence actually points against it. According to a study published in the British Medical Journal in December 2011, 
it was concluded that there was no increase in the risk of death for musicians at the age of 27. Although the sample of musicians faced an increased risk of death in their 20s and 30s, this was not limited just to the age of 27. It was it spanned 20s and 30s. So Wait, also, that's not so shocking in itself. In musicians? Yeah, 20s and yeah. 30s? That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's I think, so young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think even more so than like actors. I don't know. It's just something about the touring, the recording, the instead partying, of just working, on, probably. Yeah, working on one project at a time like actors do. Like musicians, they do a lot. They tour, record everything. So that's so crazy. It's true. Yeah. So also in 2015, an article in the Independent also provides statistical evidence that popular musicians are not more likely to die at the age of 27. So that was just like another reinforcer four years later mm-hmm. uh, that it's not a thing. Like as much as we want to believe these people had joined, wanted to join a cool 27 club, sold their soul to the devil. Like it's just they were all living, you know, fast lifestyles and live fast, die young, I guess. Like a lot of them were into drugs, <laughs> drinking, partying. I like I mean, how so many people believe this theory that scientists had to be like, fine, we'll do a fucking study on it to prove that the devil's not taking yeah. them to hell. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, every single one of the ones I mentioned had some sort of problem. Even Robert Johnson, I didn't say, but he was well known to drink a lot. It didn't Uh say he was an alcoholic, but You did say he wouldn't turn down a drink. He would never, (laughs) never, even a poison one. So the 27 Club has remained a cultural phenomenon despite being disproved by research, as I stated. Yeah, I thought that would have, that talking about the 27 Club, it would have been like a little more... Like Spooky. hokey pokey. I wanted, yeah. I wanted more like like stuff about packs to the devil, but like I really couldn't find any. It was just kind of sad. So that that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, thanks for listening to me specifically. Michelle's gonna take off the outro because we have potato mics. So yes, you guys can say bye now. Goodbye. <laughs> so if you guys would like to follow us on Instagram, it's Tales from the Beyond Podcast. You can also email us any ideas, emails to tell us how shitty our audio was in this episode, to tell us how we don't know how to pronounce anything. It's Tales from the Beyond Podcast at gmail.com. Our Twitter is spooky underscore beyond. If anyone actually follows that, you'll notice I post the exact same thing on Instagram and Twitter every day. No one will. So <laughs> Um, but yeah, everybody stay safe out there. Stay inside. Please fucking stay inside. Like, I am, we're recording like a really shitty episode right now in an effort to social distance right now. Just wash your hands and stay away from people. Stay home from work if you're able to. I know a lot of people aren't, but yeah, what a pleasant note to end this on, on an already pleasant episode. Don't do drugs unless it's weed. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) See you guys next week. Goodbye. Say bye again. I feel weird being the only one. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Nothing from Leah.